the dead is a miracle, doc. They counted me out. Moment of truth, counting it down. I'm that dog story was down for the count. Back on my feet, back with a mic, back on the beat, back with a family and back in the streets. The game won't lock, I stand with a key. Standing my ground, I am planning a fleet. Standing my ground, I am planning my feet. Taking a stand, embracing my destiny, shaking his hand, What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Thursday Night CrossFit Talk. My name is Scott Schweitzer. I'm the Clydesdale. I have with me my normal co-host, Jamie Latimer, and our special co-host, who is going to fill in for most of the night for me. I'll be here, but I don't have much of a voice. Um, Carolyn Prevo, who is a great friend of the show, and we appreciate her so much. Um, but we're going to go through today's news, and I'm actually going to turn it over to Jamie to lead this edition. And so we're going to... We're going to kick it off. All right. Big day. Um, so one of the big breaking news we got, uh, Mal O'Brien has said she is out and not going to even do the open this year. Thoughts, Carolyn? I'm not surprised. Um, looked like she's, like she said, she's at peace with her decision. Um, there's no timeline for when she'll be ready to come back. If she wants to come back, uh, she's someone that's going to be active, I think, her whole life. And she'll she'll find something to, to stay fit and um, yeah, happy for her. I mean, if this is what she wants and this is what she needs for her health, I think that's, that's good. Yeah. Sounds like she's in Hawaii um, enjoying her time. I heard, I have heard a lot of people speculating. She may be, maybe going to do a high rocks race. Um, they've seen a lot of posts in that direction, a little less stress. I would say with something like that. So I could, I could see that route. I don't know. I don't even know if can, competing in anything is on her horizon right now. She just looks like she's honestly having a good time traveling, spending time with her boyfriend and and getting some some training in whenever she can. I think that's that's good for her. Yeah, I agree. This is actually one of my biggest pet peeve topics. And so I do want to I want to jump in here a little bit and that is we've got to stop pushing 13, 14, 15-year-old kids into professional sports, whether it be soccer, whether it be gymnastics, whether it be CrossFit, whatever it is. Carolyn's a great example. She played sports every season and it was different. She got to shut off one, pick up another. I did the same when I was in high school. It made high school sports enjoyable for me to move from sport to sport to sport. And the fact that you think a 13 year old is going to be a professional it, it's just too much, I think, for kids these days. And my my biggest hope for Mal is I don't I don't care if she ever comes back. If she's happy, that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it says a lot that she moved all the way to Hawaii, kind of out of the spotlight to get away from some things. And um, and I think we need to respect that and let her find whatever it is she wants to do in life. Cause she looks yeah. like she's having a ball. That's a cute video. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, like her whole identity, I feel like for many years was CrossFit, right. And it's, it can be hard to, you know, step away from that and try to refine, you know, what makes you happy. And, um, and it, you know, especially when you're that part of your life, you maybe you're just, you still like, but you just can't do the competition part. Um, so yeah, I mean, looking forward to seeing, the things that she's going to post and what she's, um, you know, her next, next adventures. 
Ken, you are so right. We missed our five minutes of TV talk to start the hour. Oh, man. Right to it. Turn it over to Jamie and look what happens. <laughs> I don't even know what I've been. I don't know what I've been watching this week. Nothing really. I haven't gotten got like the movie that you suggested. I saw it, but I skipped over. I've been pretty busy this week, so I don't have any like any show talk. Carolyn, you been watching anything? I honestly have not watched a single thing. I am busy doing schoolwork. I just started my next, like my new semester last week. So it's just been just prepping, meeting my new students and adjusting what, where I want to go with the semester. Cause now you get like, you know, different levels that come in every year. So it's just been busy, busy first couple weeks. And then things will start to settle after that for me. Uh, so let's What's my up, Scott? Oh, okay. What's your TV? So, and it, it goes with the first agenda item we kind of skipped over. And that is my health that I am back. I'm watching a lot of friends. Yes. And, um, and just so you know, the reason I watch friends is it's probably my favorite show of all time. And it's something that I can sleep to and, and wake up and sleep and wake up and sleep and kind of keep, I know the show well enough that I know where we're at. But um, I've also had a lot of anxiety with what happened um, to me this last week. And Friends has kept me even keel during that uh, with just some lighthearted laughter and not nothing too serious. Uh, before I went in the hospital, I was watching Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Uh, I stopped that for now. <laughs> like, okay. I need something normal, something just kind of easy on the brain. Familiar. So, yeah. Agreed. So Lex has a couple questions here. Is she in Hawaii with her boyfriend or did her family move there? I don't believe her family moved. So I think that she's just there with the boyfriend. And but I she moved there. I think so too. And I noticed that back when I went in like August that she had put Hawaii in her post. So she's been there a while. Um, and she doesn't have HWPO in her bio anymore. Did she leave that? That's a good question because they posted her a couple of months ago when they did their roster. Um, so that might be a new exit. At the end of the video, she says, when you want to know more about my future, you'll hear it from me. Wow. That's a statement, huh? She also has her, um, her, YouTube channel. So I'm sure she might start doing a little bit more with that and maybe showing a different side of her. I know I watched something with um, her cooking and things like that. So I'm sure she's going to explore different avenues as well. Yeah. Uh, we got a Christopher Alford, Carolyn, what do you teach? My daughter's a music teacher. So I have a grade nine math, grade 10 math, and then a grade 11 and 12 fitness class which I crushed today. It's great. I'm sure you crush that every day. <laughs> uh, they got to love having you as a fitness. They have a lot teacher. of respect. That's for sure. And um, this group that I have this semester is they all took the class in grade 10, basically almost all of them. And they have continued to work out at lunchtime and they've all signed up for different uh, gyms and they come in now with their little notebooks, write the workout, write all their lifts and everything. Like they're so independent. Um, it's really nice to see them take that, you know, 
very passionate with their, their work. That's awesome. And you have an affiliate in the school. Yep. Yeah, that's that's the gym. It's just the affiliate. Um, so I get access to some of the affiliate benefits. That's really cool. Okay, another athlete, Lazar leaves mayhem. This one's news to me. So Scott found some recent information that I hadn't seen. So you have a Instagram post on this? All right. Nope. Nope. All these pins get me. Oh yeah, I know. Hey, that was it. I think I had seen something about Maybe the fact that he was going back to his previous coach from when he did the best at, his, at the games, right? Is that what I, we had that. seen? I don't remember where it was. I think he pulled it. Yeah, oh, he wow. may have pulled it. But it did, it did mention something about uh, going back to his roots when he first finished top 10 at the games and then Another had a thing. picture with like a coach or something like that. And then assuming he's going back there it could just be that's his like coach where he lives and then still follows the mayhem program which you see a lot of times um when people don't really live in tennessee yeah it's got to be hard i mean you can follow the mayhem programming but i feel like if you had a good thing going if you aren't going to be in that camp with them you're probably better off with the personal coach that you had yeah, I, it might be in a story. Let me look real quick. Yeah, um, it could be a story. That was, I just showed it um, where he does advertise for ATB uh, lab programming. But there's a thing, a comment he makes. So I'm back that for that video we just showed. And here. That's here the is. one, I think. Whoops. I tried to pause and it went. Uh, 2021, my first CrossFit Games, first top 10 finish, first event win, and the best male rookie of the year. All done with this, man. Glad to be back to finish what we started. Yeah, good for him. Ken says here, I remember Rich saying a couple years ago that it seems the trend for people to only be at Mayhem for about three to four years at most and then move on. I, I mean, that could be due to the intensity at which they train. I mean, Rich has said so many times the his the training age of his body is just it's just too much wear and tear. Like they go hard there. They do a lot of volume. I kind of think that's the case in most camps. Um you can only hang around for so long and keep up for so long. Yeah. And if you, if you know the coach like very well, and you have that good relationship, sometimes it just has a little bit less pressure. You know, you can be more honest with your training with, with that person and, and adjust things as you need. Do you want me to do my health update before? Yeah. My voice. Yeah. Came? At least yeah, we're trying yeah, to save no. you from talking. We know you're going to do you also with Cheryl tomorrow, but please tell us everything that you, you know, you're going through. So, if you listen to the weight loss show last week, I was kind of hitting a breaking point where I was real. I couldn't breathe much. I couldn't breathe very well. And, um, which Cheryl and I talked about the stresses in my life. Like my sister's having cancer removed tomorrow. Um, some different things like that. So I went to the family doctor that Tuesday 
um, which would be a week and a half ago. Um, I, he uh, diagnosed me with lung infection, gave me antibiotics and steroids. I get to Friday. I start to feel a little bit better. Saturday fell off a cliff, like could barely breathe, could barely even walk like to the bathroom. <clears throat> and um, my wife is like, we're going to the ER. So we, we go outside and I'm in such a panic attack. Like I can't even get in my car. I can't even describe like, like every time I got in the car, I couldn't breathe. Was it the um, anxiety of going to the ER or was it? I don't, I don't know. So I had like so much gas. My stomach was protruding out. And every time I like crunched into the car, it felt like you were cutting off my airway. And, um, and so she takes me to the ER. I finally get in there. I opened this. We like, it was cold Saturday. Like we had the sunroof open. We had the windows open, but thank goodness the ER is only like 10 minutes up the street. So we get there. Couldn't ask for better care. They get me in like 15 tests done in five minutes, like bing, bang, boom, chest X-ray, um, chest, uh, a CAT scan, uh, stomach X-ray, just one thing after another. Um, and they, they found the AFib within 10 minutes, hooked me up to an EKG, found that immediately. And then, um, and then it was put me on medicine to try to get that to correct itself. Um, that wasn't happening very fast. So they decided they were going to transfer me to the hospital. Um, squad came and got me at like four o'clock in the morning on Saturday night, Sunday morning, I go to the hospital they hooked me up to everything, another bunch of tests. So what, and what had happened was, so a lot of things around it. So the AFib is the most important thing, which is not life-threatening in itself, but it can cause strokes. It can cause some other things. So you want to get it under control. Um, but the, I had that sinus surgery in October and I was on prednisone a lot. That prednisone pushed my blood sugar up to 380. And eventually we learned my A1C to 10. And it was like six, six months ago. So now I'm in like diabetic need. Mm -hmm. I have that. Um, blood pressure stayed okay. It was a little bit variant, but it was in the okay range. <clears throat> um trying to think what else I, I'm still doing the coughing thing so they're having me spit in a cup so that can go off to lab um, they're giving me stuff for that um, and every time that like I'm coughing I'm panicking because it's closing off my airway to like everything um, I have so many medications right now it's insane and um, and so what I stayed there for a couple of days everything leveled out my heartbeat was 150 beats a minute to 165 beats a minute when I went into the ER. When I got let go, it was between 65 and 75, but still not synced. <clears throat> so they sent me home with medications. Um, I don't trust my family doctor anymore. And I talked to the doctor in the hospital, like, what do I do? I don't trust him because every time I go there, 
all he does is throw pills at me and doesn't like do the tests I need done. So they set me up with a counselor to get a new doctor. So I see the new doctor next Friday. I see the cardiologist on Monday to kind of follow up. The cardiologist is going to make the decision on Monday. If the medicine hasn't done it enough, they're going to set an appointment to shock my heart back into rhythm. So it's so, still irregular right now. Yeah. And you like, yeah. do you feel that? Like, I guess like. Now I'm acutely aware of it. So like I can feel the, like a flutter in my chest every time it gets way off. So they hooked me up to a machine in the hospital and there's two, two beats going. There's the top of your heart and the bottom of your heart. And the closer they're matched, the better I feel. So if one's beating at like 65 beats a minute and one's at 68 beats a minute, I'm feeling really good, even though it's still off. But if they vary, I feel like a flutter in my chest and it, it just zaps me. <clears throat> so, um, so yeah, Monday's the decision whether they bring me in and shock the heart back to rhythm um, or if it's so bad, they need to do an ablation which means they go in, there's a sensor at the top of the heart that basically you go in and you clean it off and then it, it puts, sets it back to rhythm. So that's kind of like what's coming up. But in the meantime, I'm taking all these diabetes medicines. I'm taking heart or uh, they have me on blood pressure just because a stroke is the most dangerous thing. So anything that can cause a stroke, they're trying to get my stuff as low as possible. So I'm like, I have to inject insulin for the first time in my life. I am taking metformin. I am uh, taking heart pressure or blood pressure medicine. It's just crazy. And Are you taking the insulin like on your, like the finger or like you have to go in your stomach or? Yeah, I have to prick my finger to read my blood sugar. Then I have to inject it into my stomach, stomach yeah. or my thigh or whatever. <clears throat> I thought that would be hard. It was not. Yeah. Um, um, but it's just how many, a new how many times a day do you have to do that? The insulin just once. And, and it's because it's, it's for sleeping. It's like a longer lasting medicine where like the metformin I take only lasts for a few hours. So you take that like during the day when you're awake and can take it. And then at night you take the insulin to kind of get you through the night. Are you getting through the night? Are you sleeping through the night? Sleeping way better. Okay. Now. Um, my cough is actually reduced um, through all of this. Uh, it's still there, and I still like cough up phlegm occasionally, but not like I was. And uh, I was telling Jamie the analysis on the phlegm came back. I don't understand anything it says, so I'll have to wait for the doctor to tell me what that means. Um, and I hate that. I just want, gosh, I hope this new doctor is, gets you some answers. Like, you need to get to the bottom of this. This has gone on for far too long. So I, I want to answer. Kenneth says, did they say what caused it? They say you can't know what causes AFib. Like, it, it is the most common irregular heartbeat in the world. Millions of people have it, and you don't know why it happens. And I can tell you, the amount of people that has re have reached out to me who have it, 
has blown me away. Mm -hmm. Um, the amount of DMS I've gotten, the amount of well wishes I've gotten. I am, I'm, I mean, I like cried this afternoon. I mean, CrossFit sent me a card wishing me well. I, unreal, unreal. And I appreciate each and every one of the messages. They mean the world to me. Um, but these people that have gone through what I've gone through and have and know what it's like and are on the other side, those messages mean so much to me because they're giving the, me the confidence that in a few weeks I should be better. So what's your routine like during the day, the last couple of days? Are you at home? So I, I got home Tuesday night. Um, basically, it is, I have not been back to work. Um, and the only thing normal I've done is today, these two shows. Uh, with Jason Grubb this morning and this one tonight. Um, everything else is just get through the day. Yesterday, I <laughs> here we go, cheesy me. Before all this happened, I bought my wife Lego flowers. Um, and then I went to the hospital and couldn't get them made. So yesterday I was putting them together and it helped me so much just like clear my mind just to do something with my fingers. And I know it sounds juvenile, but it like, it just, it just helped. So like I, I'm trying to do like more puzzly stuff during the day when I'm awake, just to keep my mind off of things. Um, but yeah. Are you able to like go for a walk and let's say with the dog or anything? They else? do not want the heart elevated at all until they figure this out. Yeah, I'm pretty much on like a bed rest. Yeah. Well, we're glad to see you back today. Yeah, yeah. it's good to be back. Uh, but the Grub interview did take it out of me. Um, but thank goodness he talks a lot. I know yeah. that was um, <laughs> said in the comments earlier um, because it did give me time to kind of recoup the voice while he was talking uh, to be able to answer, ask questions, but yeah. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. You, you have so many people praying for you. I, and I know you get, you're getting those messages, but yeah, everyone's been behind you. Uh, you've seen the posts, you've seen the other channels speaking about you. So yeah, just know that people are here for you. Um, yeah. We, we are praying that this doctor figures some things out when we get to the bottom mm -hmm. of all of this. It's really got me. So the other, the thing about the doctors and all that, like, I'm just pissed off. I just want to, yeah. now I'm in a mode where get me, get me back to like function and let me kick some ass. Right. Like that's just where I want to be now. I want, like, I have all these prescriptions. Let's start checking those off and throwing them in the trash. Like I want to like, just get rid of them all. And it gives me a goal to like shoot for. Let's take nine down to seven. Let's take seven down to five. And let's go. Yep. 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 So, so that's it. Well, the channel, if you want more, more delving into this, Scott's going to go over it with Cheryl tomorrow. So there'll be even more in-depth talk. So join, get some more background and um, yeah, hop in on that. Um, okay. So I, um, Thought I'd jump in on this trend of the versus series. Um, and so, and I, I have a unique, I think, uh, perspective in my gym of 
I now have Haley Rolf, a uh, three-time teen games athlete. She's 18, training right beside me. And then I have Jim, uh, 2022 third fittest man, 65 plus, um, that trains next to me every single day. So a pretty wide array of ages. I'd say we're both, we're all highly competitive. Um, so I want to run, you know, I want to shoot like once a week, one of our tougher workouts, um, and, and show people a 18 year old, a 40 year old and a 67 year old man, um, what fitness at any age looks like. And maybe I'll occasionally get one of like my regular class members in there. So you can even see a general population person competing alongside us. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if, I don't know if this will pick up or not. I've, I've gotten quite a few comments today that say they love this idea. Um, and I know like Taylor self is doing it or Jason Hopper is throwing his weekly ones up. Um, so we'll see, look at Jim's tota bar. Somebody call him out on that. <laughs> no rep. <laughs> Would you do the open with them live or do you want to keep your scores still because it's competitive with the, the masters? Um, I don't know how we'll do the open Haley and I will probably, so Haley and I are going to try to also go team. Okay. Um, we have two other guys. So we may keep that, like not post it until like Monday. Um, but we will probably do the workout together. So there will probably be video of Haley and I doing the workout together. And Jim usually runs opposite of me because I need to really walk him through some things. <laughs> Scott knows that. Yeah, Jim is no no ordinary 67-year-old. He is incredibly fit. His engine is amazing. Um, he's he's similar to me, and, like, the top-end strength isn't quite there. Uh, the difference, I'd say, is some. he also doesn't have some top-end gymnastic skills. Um, he, like, he doesn't have ring muscle-ups or a bar muscle-up. Um, he can't hold a free, like that's what held him out last year from making the games was the freestanding handstand hold. He only got like a second was if he would have been able to do like three seconds or, you know, he would have made it. He just, his shoulder mobility is, I mean, we try to work on it every day, but yeah. So if you guys like it, hop on the channel, hop on that video and thumbs up it and comment so that it helps the algorithm and I'll try to put more of these out. Is it um, on the Clyde? Where do we find it? Is it on the Clydesdale Media one? It is. Okay, so it's going to be there. And will it be, you said once a week? Yeah. And so, and I don't know, like, I want to pick a workout that's like under 14 minutes, so it's not so long. This happened to be a 20-minute AMRAP, and I ended up shortening the middle, like, 5 to 18 minutes. I, like, sped it way up. Um, you can see it's uh, starting. Well, no, it hasn't kicked up yet. Um, but yeah, because I want to talk through the workout and I don't want us to sit there and talk for 15 minutes. So I'm hoping to find a little bit. Short, yeah. Some shorter ones might be a little bit yeah. more. You know, who wants, I don't know who wants to sit and watch. Andrew, you got to comment on the video and call Jim out. Um, yeah, I don't, you know, we'll see how long. They won't all be this long. Um, we'll try to find some sort of workouts we'll try to find if you go and watch this Haley and I talk about competing with each other um so I will try to find a barbell centric workout that Haley has a much better shot at beating me at 
Um, that we've done a lot of gymnastics workouts lately that give me the upper edge. Um, so I'm sure she's itching to beat me in a workout. She's eight, she's 18. So she's aged up now this year. Yes. Yeah. She's aged up. Yep. Which, so she's not going to be quite competitive enough to make a semi. I don't think so. I think that's why we've, we've decided to try to put together a team. I mean, it would, it'd be a miracle if we made semis, but it'd be fun to go as a group. Um, so, and Azariah Price um, is our one of our other guys, also a team. But it's also team. cool that the Masters are able to do, like, you know, like the whole – because there are different times of the year, like you have your own path, and then you can also do team. So, yeah. I know. Cool. I love that. I thought that was cool. That came out, so. uh, Ken, the best part of the video was the DBAB discussion. Well, I don't even know what we discussed. What is DBAB? Does anyone else know what DBAB is? Discussion. I think it says autocorrect. He put that oh. in the comments too. Oh, like just our discussion in the gen in general was your favorite part of the video? I'm guessing it. Oh, yeah, we did say we did say don't be a bitch, but we both were like. I was telling myself, don't be a bitch. <laughs> got it. Got it. <laughs> so the one thing I also want to put out here is Jamie did this on her own. Um, and it is awesome. I love every bit of it. But one thing we want to focus on is all the other people that are doing these types of workouts are men. 50% of the sport is women and it's just as popular. And maybe Jamie and Carolyn do a head to head. Um, on, on one of these weeks, who knows, like the, 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 it's limitless what we can do with this. Right. For sure. Yeah. And I wouldn't, I was considering that too. Like if, the, if this starts to pick up, like I was thinking that, like I could send Carolyn a workout I'm going to do, we could both do it even if it's a day or two apart, but I could take the videos and put them next to each other on the screen and we can that show cool. that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm totally up for any other, like, and not to like try to do a fit wars. It'd just be like, here's a workout and we can analyze it. And this, you know, and you guys um, talk over it. Like we can come on the show. You guys can talk over it, how it felt for each of you differently mm -hmm. with, with your skill set. And but yeah. we, there's a lot of men's versions of this. We need to get the women there. They're shine too. And teens and masters. Yeah. And so, yeah. I think we could do a lot. You know, we, we did the whole legend series. We have a ton of masters contacts that we could do the same thing with them. I think it'd be cool. And I, and yeah. you know, thank you so much for, you did all this while I was in the hospital. Yeah, I did. And I guys, I threw this up last night. I was trying to not bother Scott. He's like, just put it on your own channel. I was like, that won't be the same. And I'm trying to do it all alone. Um, and I'm not super proficient with all of this software yet. So I did my best here to put a, dra a draft out and we'll see if it gets some likes, shares. Um, yeah. If you guys like share it, I might reshare my story in my Instagram and if you guys can reshare that and get more, more views here. It would totally help. Like you guys heard this morning with J Jason, it's all about the algorithm and getting YouTube to pick up on things. So if you guys can help. We'll keep pushing out this kind of stuff. 
Yeah, because it's the comments or something that you have to put, right? Like we're always doing in the chat for the like the live chat, but then once the video goes up, if there's not any in the comments, then it's right. right. It doesn't bring it up as much. Is that what happens? Yeah. I know that's part of it. It's hard figuring out YouTube's algorithm. Yeah. I'll say that. So. so yeah. Look for another one of those next week. Um but moving on. Uh, Don Fall has said that a significant amount of money will be pulled from the games team and used to support the affiliates. What does this mean for the support? What are the affiliates asking for? I mean, I guess we don't know yet because they haven't announced any prize money or broadcast deals. I'm fine if they want to take money out as long as there's sponsorships that are coming in to fill the money that would be, you know, given by CrossFit. Because if CrossFit can save money and, you know, allow other players to enter the space, that's, I mean, that's great. Um, but if there's no other players plus CrossFit removing, then that sucks for the sport side of it. Cause that's, you know, a huge entertainment part of, of CrossFit and it'd be, it'd be sad. Well, I feel like they've already taken money out of the sport by dropping the semifinals. Right. And giving, and, and that's a good choice. We've all, we all think that that's a good idea to give it back to the local comps um, syndicate running their theirs. Um, so there's already money that they've saved on the table and where so where are they pulling there's pulling more money from all the influx of open and quarters and they're keeping that and push putting it towards affiliates like i don't quite understand like if the money is coming in for the sport side that needs to be supporting the sport side because that's clearly where people are showing you they want their money they're putting their money where their mouth is and if that's where they want it then you need to keep investing in the sport side um i don't know what the affiliates are even asking for more more content that isn't game centric. I don't know. I mean, yes, they, they, they should be, you know, pumping out content, you know, daily essentially of affiliates and, uh, you know, like basically what you're doing, like, you know, older members, uh, younger masters, teenagers, um, just more content in general, people from all over the world, not just in the States, um, you know, people of different backgrounds, you know, just pumping out just content constantly. So I don't know if they just need more people to be traveling around the world. I know that like the money from the CrossFit open and stuff like it is good, good amount of money with the quarterfinals, but there's still like all those expenses for the semifinals, for the, for the buildings, for the broadcast, the games, like it's still not enough. They're still taking a lot of money from, I'm, I'm assuming from the L1s and everything else outside of the sport. So I'm sure they're using up all of the sport money already. Plus, some of the other level one stuff that they have money from there. And I'm sure they just want to be like a little bit less, but I don't know what that significant amount is going to be and how that's going to affect, which is weird because you have the teenage games and the masters the same weekend. To me, that just made it more expensive because now it, no. two broadcast deals two. it, you know, wouldn't that be more expensive? To, this is the one thing that about all of this, it, and this is further down in the notes, but we can jump to it because it kind of does coincide. Like, I don't understand when you say you're trying to save money in the games. 
because it's so expensive. And then you split into three different venues. Now you got to pay for three venues. You got to pay for three broadcasts. You got to pay for three shipments of equipment to be sent to three different places. Um, it, you, you're, and then you're requiring triple the sponsors to show, to attend or chip in when it could just be the one location, it would make more sense to get like few bigger sponsors in a bigger monetary sense. Um, I, I, this is just mind boggling to me. There's no way this is saving money. And to me, it like the biggest thing comes down to, again, this is further down in the notes, but like the athlete kit, we talked about this with, uh, grab this morning is such a giant draw for athletes. This you're talking um, about swag bag stuff from the games. Yeah. That's like, the only reason I wanted to go to the games in 2019. That is the only reason I was like, Oh my God, I get all these pairs of shoes, all this clothes. I wanted to make the cut. Cause I had more clothes. That was my goal to make the cut was like, Oh, I can, I can enter into the prizing money. And I just got a new set of outfits with my name on it. That's yeah. how it was. I, I, I mean, air, I was going there for the for the kit. That <laughs> is what I've been trying to say. There are numerous. I mean, you're talking in the hundreds of athletes that are just vying to get to that break into that spot just to show up. I know people people say this all the time. Like, if you aren't if you aren't telling yourself you're going there to win, like. There are lots of athletes that that's not in their mind. They are just going there to make it, to win it, to to get the kit. They have put up with years and years of striving for this, attending, spending money on like other local comps or traveling to mid like mid level comps just to get the experience to walk away with little to no prizes or swags at these to tiptoe their way into the games just to get the swag bag. That is. The, at least the first time. At least the first time. That's that's it. Like that's that's what's drawing these people to to keep buying for that spot. Ariel Lowen told just, everyone I was that. Just about to say. That that's was my why. Point. Right. That's why she went to Grand Games just to get the freaking placard. <laughs> yeah. That was yeah. My next point. I was like, yeah, like you're. That's that's the fun. Like once after a while, you know, the first year you're willing to spend that money, and you're like. I don't care if I'm, you know, out 2000, 3000. Cause I got all this clothes. I got these signs, everything after a while you're like, okay, I don't need the clothes. I actually just, I need the support <laughs> for the competition. But for those initial times that you like qualify, like those kits are super important. And those are memories. Like I went through my clothes the other, maybe a month ago, I couldn't throw away any of the things that I had from like the first games. I'm like, no, there's, you're attached that clothes, like that, that pair of pants I wore in this event this it's like it's memories yeah it i've spent like days like stressing over this and when i heard bob say on the um podcast the other day with jason that they announced the gear um sponsor and for the athlete kit for masters and it's someone we've never heard of they don't have bags. It's not Northern Tool, but close. Um, they don't have bags. They don't have shoes. So uh, we, so we're, huh? Will Gold Rock do it for the Masters? No, no, no. Nope. 
No, we're getting, so we are going to be exactly as I expected, the redheaded stepchild of this entire thing. We're going to go get a couple shirts and a couple shorts, which is exactly what we got at MFC and Legends. So what is it, what is other than maybe the top two or three that have a chance of winning the podium money, what is it that's going to draw an athlete to go to the Masters games as opposed to Legends in December? If I, if I personally lived, like at this point, I might as well not go and I might as well just go to MFC because I can drive there. It's cheaper. Um, I'm going to get the exact same thing out of it. I'm going to get an outfit and, you know. You're not going to get as many people from South America or Europe or Australia, like traveling for the master's edition as well. Right. Already separated, right? Those, those athletes were coming, you know, because they were competing at the games. Then they got to watch and, you know, watch the individuals, watch the teams or, you know, go around the vendor village, et cetera. But now it's just the masters. So it's like, what's going to draw all of these athletes in or the teenagers or the adapted division too. I mean, even the, the adapted division is at the same time as the SoCal uh, Wadapalooza. So all three of the split off games are clashing with like something with each other or with another major um, event, which is just unfortunate for the vendors, unfortunate for the athletes, everything. I wish, I wish somehow somebody was willing to get that through to HQ that like the athlete kit is one of the most important things like and unfortunately like speaking with jason like he doesn't seem to it doesn't matter to him well it doesn't matter because you've been there four or five times and you have years of gear and so like it doesn't matter to you anymore but it does matter to a lot of people and a lot of people who are like 32 33 who didn't make it and are gonna like excited to turn 35 to go that i mean that was always my whole thing like i have spent years just trying to make it just to get the kit and to have the exact same thing that everyone else had and it's four three four grand easily worth of stuff i mean they got everyone got an ice bath last year we're not going to get anything like that like mine's my new kitchen table because it won't fit on my balcony that's my that's my kitchen (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know it's just uh it's heartbreaking for me i'm i'm so the one thing I don't want to get lost in this is I, I've i been a big supporter of Don Fall. He I lost me. I like him a lot. He lost me on this one. Okay. And in the, in the notes I put, like, what do the affiliates want with this money? What do they right. feel they're missing? And then you have people like Dale King coming on, Kettlebells and Cocktails, saying, it's not CrossFit's responsibility to bring people into my doors. That's my job. That's what I'm supposed to do. He, what he wants is the stuff he can't do. Like the legal representation of the name, the make sure you protect the brand so that it's there for me. It just feels like CrossFit HQ in this move and in this announcement is going very orange theory very that corporate gym mentality. And I don't think that's what the affiliates want. 
and you can't count dollar for dollar, 50, 50 split. They're two different entities. And I think earlier in the comments, Kenneth said, I bet you if you took a poll of people who got into CrossFit, 75% of them did it because they watched the games on ESPN and went to a gym. Which again, goes back to bringing people within the gym. Like, I don't know how well D like Dale King's gym is doing, but at the end of the day, I, I feel like it's still want CrossFit to still help in some way, you know, um, bring a better reputation to the word CrossFit in terms of safety and coaching and stuff like that. So I think that's where the money needs to go. They, they posted something today with um, safety and injuries with um, CrossFit, but like you, you know, it's protecting the name of CrossFit to bring more people to the affiliates. It's still the games and the Netflix documentaries, or if they want to do other types of documentaries to continue to expose, you know, people outside of our population to CrossFit to then bring them to their local affiliates and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's both. It's what CrossFit can do in terms of the name and indirectly it's bringing people to their affiliates. They still want more members. So my big overarching question on this is, do you think this means at some point they, they, they try to split it off again? I don't think so. Like between the health, like CrossFit health, CrossFit for health and then CrossFit sport, you mean? I hope not. I, I don't know. I think I think they're they're related. I think they're they're different, but they're 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 together. But for me, it's just like it's it's the name. I still, you know, if I if I'm teaching, let's say kids, and I say the word CrossFit, there's still kids that even in this generation now because they watch a lot of bodybuilding and, um, you know, and they're like, oh, CrossFit and kipping pull ups and like there's still a negative like view of the word CrossFit and intensity and injury. So that's where I think we need to continue like the, the CrossFit to, you know, push to protect our name and to take away all of these ideas that's on the internet or just word of mouth from people that are not fans of CrossFit. But I, to separate them, I don't, I don't know because I think you know, the intensity part is still getting everyone fitter with age. Um, that The master's population is huge in CrossFit and they still can look up to someone within their age group, which is really cool to see what's what's possible at that age. Like, I don't know. I, I don't think you can separate fully. I don't know. In one hand, I, I want to say, yes, it should be separated because they clearly can't they they seem to not be able to see the difference and i would almost prefer them to not have any any aspect of the open money or anything and that all just be a separate entity and if the sport wants to support the sport then it will and the money will go where it should go and in that aspect like they need to be separate so they can't intertwine the funds and we don't get this muddling of, well, it's just costing us too much money. Is it? Cause I mean, I feel like if the games is truly sustainable, if that's, if people are going to pay for it, then there's money to be made there in some fashion and somebody would pick it up. I, maybe it'd be rogue. I have no idea. 
Um, but in one way, in one aspect, I almost feel like it does need to be separated because we just keep getting this. It costs too much. Well, then you shouldn't be in charge of it. It's like government doing anything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if they, if they have the support, I mean, seemed like we were heading that direction, like in 2018, like we were going to get these big deals or something um, to cover the sport. And then we just kind of lost all the media, right? I mean, if, yes. if it can work, sure. Where has the buildup been to the open? And Instagram here or there, it seems like HQ just neglects YouTube. I've, yeah. I've seen a few, I don't know, I'd say every few days I see a post on like Facebook or Instagram um, showing showing just a general member doing the open in their gym um, with, you know, an inspirational message of like, this is why we do the open. This I've, I've had a lot of those. I've shared them to my own private team page. Um, or, so they're, they're popping up on my end. Or they're re reposting previous head-to-head -head matchups. I've seen a lot. Those are the ones that seem to be better on the views. I was looking at some of the views that they've had. Um, those ones are doing well. Like the, the throwbacks of, let's say, Pat Vellner versus someone. Yeah. Yeah. That would be my complaint with their YouTube. Is Their YouTube has become just a retread of something they've done in the past. They're still getting views, though. Like, don't get me wrong. Showing the past open announcements, they're doing well. And here's my other beef is, if you've signed up for the Open before, and I know Kenneth hasn't, so, like, because of everything going on, I've not signed up for the Open. I get a daily reminder that I need to sign up because I signed up before, like, every single day. But I'm not who you should be marketing to. Right? Yeah. Like, how much are you investing in re retention of the people you have as opposed to getting more trying to find new people new. Yeah. More, I, I don't know. The few things that I've seen on Facebook seem to be the direction that I think they should be going. Maybe it's not getting enough traction. Maybe again, algorithms. I don't know what's not getting that out to new I'm people. On Facebook. Like, maybe CrossFit should be sending um, stuff to affiliate owners on you know, send these to all of your members. Right. Um, not just the ones that have signed up, but these are like, um, I don't know why you should be doing the open, what, what it can be good for, for the following year. Like just like certain templates for the affiliates so that they can then grab that information and then boom, they send it to them just to facilitate mm -hmm. some of the, that side for the members. Like that could be something that HQ could be doing, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I know for um, like CrossFit Canada, um, our affiliate manager sent a few, uh, like, is it through Canvas stuff um, of why you're doing the open? And um, like, she sent us a few things uh, to the affiliate owners just to share on our pages or stuff or, or to members. Like, I think that idea is good. Yeah. I, I just. I love Kenneth the lap because he always, yeah. like, he always puts that little sneaky backhand compliment in for us. We are talking about Colton next. Uh, Ken, here we go. Yeah, so his first ever podcast. Yes. His, yes. yes his was. first ever podcast was on this channel. That's when he made it. That's when you knew he made it right there. Yep. Good job. Good job, Scott with that one. 
you know how to pick them. Um, okay, so we've just got announced that week two announcement is going to be Justin Medeiros versus Colton Mertens. Um, we already know that Colton is doing the Taylor self versus the world uh, week three with um, Taylor. So is that is that a lot of head-to-head -head competition? Is that like an unnecessary amount of anxiety, you think, Carolyn? No, because I, I think the Open doesn't like <laughs> – doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, it's 25%. And then the thing that's different this year is the quarterfinals are pushed back for the individuals about a month after the open. So it's actually fine if you want to grab a little bit of more intensity and, and um, you know, do the open announcement, go with your, you know, your buddies and go head to head there. Cause I think that's good practice for then a month later ish for the quarterfinals. I don't think it like, you know, before it was, it was like a week off and then boom, you know, you're already almost like getting, you know, ready for that. But no, I think, I think it's fine for him. Yeah. I Colton seems to be, he like thrives in these situations and he seems to be grabbing at all of these opportunities. Um, he's eating up this. Yeah. It's which is strange for him. Cause he doesn't seem like a sociable guy, but he's like, he's taking he's, all of these handouts that are coming his way. If there's an opportunity, he's grabbing it. And he's kind of him. like a show. I don't know if it's like a new personality or his personality from before, or he's just more yeah. buying into this character that he's kind of, you know, been given through in the CrossFit space of, you know, that put your head down and, and you're working hard and that, you know, farm boy type attitude. And you guys are all, you know, crying on the floor and I'm fine. Yeah, um, yeah. I, he's buying into that. And I think that's a separation for him in terms of sponsorship. You know, you have to find if, if that's working, find it and run with it. And I feel like that's what he's doing lately is he's just running away, like with that type of character. And I think this is good for him. I was just surprised that it was two athletes. Cause I remember Dave said, it's going to be more than two and less than seven. seven. Yeah. And then you saw two and I was like, is there more coming? Is there females? I, I gotta coming? think. Um, I gotta think there's two females coming still. I wanna say there's gotta be two females, especially with that gold barbell. Yeah. Um, a few events that I don't think that they would do all of those events just head to head, Justin versus uh Colton that whole day doing a few events because I don't think that would be good maybe mentally for either yeah. of the athletes, you know. I want to ask you this, Carolyn. Are you a chip on your shoulder athlete? Because Colton has always been a chip on his shoulder, but he internalized a lot of that. Like people said he's too short to do wall balls. I'm doing a hundred wall balls a day with a 30 pound ball until I'm great at wall balls. Right. And it seems like all that internal chip is, is oozing out now into an external like stop, like stop with the talk that I can't do it. I've heard it for three years in a row that I can't get past this, this, or this. I'm going to get past this. Stop it. Do you ever go in with a chip on your shoulder? Yeah, I think so. I think I, well, I'll just tell myself, I'm just trying to prove certain people wrong. If they like say certain things about me, I'm like, okay, well I know what I can do. And it's just, but I don't necessarily externally voice it. It's more just, internally just using it as fuel to be like, okay, this, you know, I'm going to prove myself 
um, like when I used to play hockey, I used to have a little, I used to write on my um, hockey stick on my, like the knob on my stick, PTW, it was like, prove them wrong. It's like, okay, like if I got sat on the bench and, it, and I was mad, I was like, okay, well, let, next shift, like I just looked down my stick and it was like, prove them wrong, like show them why you should be there. And it was just like, that was like my model, like in hockey all the time um, or in sports, it was just like, prove them wrong. But then it kind of more recently, it was like, okay, more like proving me also, <laughs> not just like them. So it's kind of like a balance a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'd say I have a, a chip on my shoulder sometimes. I think it's Jamie. good. It's good. I don't know what drives me, Scott. I I have no idea. I, I haven't figured it out either. So just curious. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to do some more. I, I, yeah, I mean, I guess a little bit. I, I want to beat, I don't know. I have no idea. I just have an like extreme competitive side. When um, you train, do you like visualize a certain competitor? Like what, like, I know like when I'm training, like I'm not visualizing a specific competitor, but I'm visualizing, you know, other people putting themselves in certain situations. It's like, I need to put myself here. And it's like, I want to make it here like to the games or whatever. Like, what do you visualize? I guess when you're training to, keep you, I guess, focused or keep, you know, going through those dark places and workouts. Like, what do you think about just, just pushing yourself or what you can do or do you, do you visualize? Usually it's, it is usually just myself. I mean, I will say like, I'll be on the bike and I'll be like, I don't picture one athlete. I just, in my head, I'm like, any, anyone else would be suffering, would be willing to suffer worse than you are right now. Like, shut up and don't be a little bitch and push. Um, and, and I'll like, I try really hard to do that. If it's like a heavy barbell, like step up and, and grab this barbell. Like other people are stronger than you and they're already approaching the ball barbell, but I don't have like a specific, I don't know that anyone has ever like been like you suck and, and I'm going to, and then, and then I'm like, want to prove them wrong. I don't, I don't know. Um, so it's just a general population. Like I just, in any situation I envision like people and they're just doing better than me and I want, and I need to push harder and try to catch up or whatever. So I, I, think, yeah, I, don't what know. I, I think what I envision is just like, what is the cut line? And I envision like when I'm in a pace, this is the pace I feel like a games athlete would be doing it at, or this is, you know, an elite score and I'm just kind of chasing what I kind of visualize as that elite score. And it's like, I want to be elite. This is what I have to do. And I'm just trying to like chase that. Cause I'm often just training by myself. So that's, I'm just trying to picture some sort of line in front of me. It's like, this is where I should be. Yeah, exactly. I'd say that's very similar. Speaking of, I put you in my top 25, Scott, did you finish your uh, poll? I did not. I wondered, try to open it tonight. Cause I actually just submitted mine earlier today. And I know it said the 14th, I said yesterday, but see if you can submit it tonight. Oh, okay. they're redoing that. Yeah, they did a February poll. And yes, you were in my top 25. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, check that. Um, okay, so, so athletes coming back after a drug ban, the Henrik Ox Oscarson, uh, they just said he's coming back. Should these athletes be tested prior to coming back or throughout their ban or I don't, however you look at it. They should be tested during their ban. 
I for sure, for sure. Like you can't go four years without getting tested. It's literally like, oh, continue doing for a little bit longer what you can do, and then next time you're at an in-person uh, competition, you'll get tested. So, you know, then they know they're basically figuring out in, in the next four years, how long things take to get out of their system. They got four years to figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> like They got to get tested um, somehow. I did hear that, that Ricky Gerard was tested throughout the band, but I don't know. It could have been one, one time. One time. Is that what it was? One time. Yeah, so that's... So I agree with you, Carolyn, that to me, if I'm in CrossFit and I get banned, let's juice it up to, to 11 Figure and, out. and get as strong as I can possibly get. And then when I know the half-life's going to be gone for my return back, then let it all out, right? But we don't, we don't even test the current athletes enough. Guys, like it's I, I have competed in CrossFit since 2014. I have been tested three times, I think. And I'm, and I'm on the list of I send my whereabouts every four, three, three to four months. I've been tested three times for the CrossFit Games, I want to say. And I've been on podiums like a few times in like different competitions, they're not testing enough. Cause like, I don't take anything. I just take creaking. That's the only thing I take. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, damn, if I'm getting tested three times in 10 years and I've been to 10, re 10 regionals and semifinals, like, I mean, I know some of the top, top athletes are getting tested a lot more, but still the, the other games athletes or um, bubble people, like there's just not enough testing. Um, it's crazy. It is crazy. Crazy. I don't know what the solution is. That does seem like a big strain on the budget. Um, so I, I don't know. But then I'm like in my head, I'm like, but don't waste your test on me. Go test other people. I'm clean. Like, <laughs> don't like, sure. Test me. But like, like go test yeah. people. <laughs> like, yeah, just not enough. And yeah. And the, and then the teams, they only test two people, right? So I don't know. I'd rather right. pay. I'd rather pay more for competitions, knowing that everyone gets tested. I'd rather. I'd rather pay a little bit more in the competition fee if it means it's covering the testing of more people. But even then, people at competitions are normally off whatever they're taking. So it's right. Like, it's during the open, show up to a gym, show up to a random affiliate that has a bunch of people or just that, you know, show up to an affiliate test. Cause everyone that's on the open are under that testing pool could be mm -hmm. tested. So during the open, just show up to places. The only people that take during a competition are those that say, Hey, my buddy gave me a bag of pills. I just took them. But I know it's expensive, but yeah, I guess I don't know, but I guess I don't know. Yeah, I don't know to do there either. All well, right. Well, hopefully when they come back from their band, though, my, my, is that they're, they've learned their lesson. Like, that's what you hope for, right? Like, that's what my heart wants to believe, I guess. That they're coming Could back. Could you have ever predicted 
that Ricky would be this popular on after coming back. No, I thought I thought that there would be a little bit more, but even like this first year, I think he was well, um, like uh, greeted, well received. Yeah, yeah well, he was. He was actually well received. I was surprised, but I was really surprised about his first year back being well received, and now he's like, like Very he's one of the most popular yeah. athletes in the sport. Yeah, and I, I think people want to see someone learn from their lesson and learn. Um, yeah, like learn from their lesson and then like a comeback story. Like we all love a comeback story. I think that's what's drawing people in. The only thing I didn't like from that situation is that his brother popped for the same thing two years later. And you're like, did he learn? That's where I'm like, it, what What about Ricky makes you think he learned from his lesson? And especially knowing his brother, like maybe he just learned how to cycle. No comment. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for for me the, the 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 tough part is that his brother tested positive two years like that that was a tough part because i was like well one of them hasn't learned their lesson at least but you you hope i don't know I'll, i hope that because he's he's really a phenomenal athlete like he's not just a crosser like he's a really good athlete i think he played rugby he's a great mountain biker or like so like i i like the athletes in the sport so he's he's an athlete so like i i hope that he that he's learned. LDY two seven four two. If you're caught, they should be tested every three months. Make the athlete pay for it. I do like that. Want to compete? That's an but, interesting take. Yeah, something like that. I guess I, I don't. I don't even know how much a testing is, but something like that could. Yeah, be I have no clue. But I guess they would know when they're buying their own test to get tested and I don't know how that would work, but. Yeah. It, it's, you got to pay the penance, right? You're the one that, that tested positive. You want to stay in the sport. You got to pay for this over the next four years. Well, Brian friend on um, what's it called around the whiteboard. Is that what it's called? Mm -hmm. I'd like proposed that, um, if you test positive and then you rat someone else out that is also juicing, that it would reduce yours because it would basically try to get more people to get tested. I still don't like the fact that you would reduce yours. Like going to rat someone else out shouldn't reduce what you did. Like you still tested positive and should get, you know, your four years just by pointing fingers and say, well, go and test these ones that I got the supply from or whatever shouldn't be reducing your, <laughs> your bad. But if it's going to grab more people, I don't know. Both are, uh, I don't know. What do you think about I, that? Yeah. I thought it was an interesting take. I it would, almost be, I would almost be willing to dock a year just to get more people caught. It may be worth it. So then it would go like I, no, I no more than bad. one year though. No more than one year. Agreed. Like just because you do two, you don't get two years. Three years. If you start going into two years and stuff, and all of a sudden, that would be yeah, would be, yeah. Yep. Exactly. I want to make sure we attribute that to the right Brian. It was Brian Spin. What did I say? Friend. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, Brian Spin. Wow. Yes. 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 
<laughs> I was when you said that Brian friend was on around the world. Well, I knew that that topic was brought on. But I was like, well, that's news well, that he was brought on. Well, I don't even know why I said Brian friend. Different people. Yep, Brian. All right, all right. Open prediction. So Scott, you want us to guess what we think like the first workout might be? Is that what you're? We want to predict. This isn't my note. Oh, all right, Karen. What's all right? Let's go. I I don't know. I was just asking if you had any if you had any predictions for the open coming up. Do you have like prediction workout wise or prediction like yeah workout wise? Okay, movement wise, week one. Because you said I'm unique. Unique. I know. Eloquent. I'm (laughs) intrigued by the wording around week one. Classic CrossFit. I think it's going to be simple, classic CrossFit. What's got? What's going to be unique in that? I don't know. That to me is not unique. I I would like to think that they are done with the introductions of new movements in the open. It's. I just I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think that's the place to introduce them. It's too many people. Mm-hmm interpreting something new uh online yeah i i think that also i think i would also go with quarterfinals for that too i think if there's a new movement introduced i would like to see it in person with top judges Mm -hmm. and then have it trickle down from there but when you have non top judges and affiliates grabbing new movements i don't think that's a good idea cindy ooh. I don't think you're going to see burpee or uh, push-ups in in the open. That's that's a recipe for disaster. But there could be a version of that, whether it be like burpee Cindy or Dave hypes every year, and it's never crazy different. Yeah, he does. He does have a way to just draw you in. Like it's just like. The way he would speak at the games, the way that he just, you know, those words about the open, like you're just, those are the things I think that people miss the most is just the way he talks about workouts and just gets you anxious. (laughs) Literally, you're like listening to him. You're like, oh my gosh, there's a lot of pain coming up. Um, Yeah. It it makes me think that it won't be a retest because that's not really unique. Like, what if it's like the seven minutes of burpees, but it's like seven minutes of they had a 10 minutes of burpee box jump overs on cap or dot com. I, I get them mixed up now because a lot of cap has been showing up on dot com. Something like that is just gross. You would uh, like so I would. And so and I we actually were just talking about this recently. Um, I would like to see burpee pull either burpee bar muscle up or burpee ring muscle up. Um, cause I personally think not connecting those reps, like I've said this before, like a ring muscle up with the dip, I think is the way to do it or, or burpee ring muscle ups so that it, it, you can't really get away with that push away as much. Um, and making those be singles. And, um, I just think the hardest one is the first one. Right. Um, so yeah, like a burpee bar muscle up, I think would be fun. Let, Let me propose this. Everywhere we're hearing Boz and Dave talk about how 
we have to change the way the workouts look so that everybody can start, not everybody can finish. And maybe workout one is a demonstration of that. So my first ever open workout was 13-1. It was 50 burpees, then snatches, lightweight. Then you went more burpees or less burpees, but then a heavier snatch. What if you did like both? You start with regular burpees and you do a light snatch. Then you do burpee pull-ups and a heavier snatch. Then burpee bar muscle-ups and a heavier snatch. Something like that that demonstrates what the new way of the workout is going to be so that everybody can play, but we can still test for the fittest on earth. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of that type of thing or the gated um, type workouts in quarterfinals. I think they've already alluded to that. They're like, they basically said the 25% will be able to start the workout. They probably won't be able to finish. Um, So I would be hesitant to think that they're going to do that also in the open. um, Just because I think that's going to be you're going to see five of those workout types of workouts in quarterfinals. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't think we'll see shuttles personally. I think, I don't think shuttles will be in. I don't necessarily think, have they shown a, like a equipment list? No, I don't think they're doing that this year. Boz had, I think it was Boz. No, I think it was Boz said that. The equipment list basically came out of the pandemic and uh, they're going away from that. But now you should just have everything basically have everything available. And, but I don't think we'll see anything with 25 um, feet for the, for the open. I think something on the spot or in a smaller area, that's just easier for the affiliates uh, might be the way to go just to facilitate yeah. classes to run the workouts. We, we've had 25 feet for a long time. We have. With, with lunges. 2016 with, was the introduction, I think, with the overhead walking lunges, burpees, chest of bar one, I think, was the first time. So I don't, I don't think that's the big problem for affiliates. It's that it's designated floors, lengths, equipment, yeah. I, w- I would say that one it would be a problem because on overhead bar, a lot of like our gym would have to go under the rig and like that just takes up a lot of room, like a, a bar versus like dumbbells in 17.2. I think it was uh, lunge, lunge, bar, oh. muscle, up, toast of our power. Mm-hmm. One. Like that takes a little bit less room that you can kind of go a little closer in lanes if you're if you're by people, but the overhead bar I think would be less. Um, and you could you could make lunges fifteen feet, or like shorten. Yeah, it that's true. Still, and it'd still be effective. Hell, you can lunge in place and it's effective. Mm-hmm. Very hard, yeah, yeah. Especially because you're having to push off if you're doing like let's say a forward lunge or a reverse lunge. Um, that could be yeah. yeah. See that. Do we see a max lift? I think we will see a max lift. What's your prediction of the max lift? 
I think a heavy deadlift is coming. Woo! 14.3. Box jumps and deadlifts, ascending ladder. It's coming. It's coming back. Oh, you th so you just think a just like 14.3, like the workout with, not like a one rep max deadlift. No, no, I don't think it'd do okay. a one rep max deadlift. But I, I think there's going to be a two-part two workout with a lift. Mm. Complex or a lift? So I would prefer to see a complex for sure. Um, I just think showing, doing a single lift after, I mean, and I think it should be after a workout and I think it should be, you should have to do the workout in some fashion to earn the lift. The one year, 2021, when they did the complex, I did not like the format of once you got done, you had one minute or something. I don't know what, what the time was because you were getting penalized by being fitter. Yep. Because if you finished the, and then if you didn't finish the workout, let's say you began lifting. I don't remember the time. It was the thruster chest of our one. And then let's say 12 minutes at the 12 minute mark, you had a time cap and then however long you had for your lifts. But yep. if you finish that in let's say eight minutes, you were lifting at nine minutes. Yep. You were lifting under a certain fatigue. And if you didn't have the fitness to finish very fast and you had to wait around because you didn't have, let's say a chest bar or the bar muscle up, you got to rest. Basically you could almost load your bar, get ready. And then you got to do your lift fresh while the fitter athletes were under fatigue. So I don't like that idea. I like that. If you are going into another lift, if you finish earlier, get more rest, you earn that rest. 100%. And not one minute later, you finish, boom, go. Yeah. I didn't Absolutely. like Absolutely. It was 2021. Yeah. I didn't like that either. I, I remember specifically that there were people in the gym out, out lifting me, which is not rare, uh, but who did half the amount of work. And I'm like, if you would have continued to work with what I did, you would have, you wouldn't have hit what you hit. I, I mean, I, I know that for a fact. Um, yeah, I don't like workouts like that. Yeah, so if there is a second part, it can't be like 2015 with part A was nine minutes and then part B was the clean and jerk and people sat around and then a max lift, which is very similar to me. People didn't sit around for 2021, 21.3 uh, slash Three. four. Yep. But mm -hmm. it was the same idea as 2015 where someone could still – float around for the first part and then get ready for their lift. Yeah. <clears throat> Scott, do you think there'll be a lift in the open? I'll be honest. I have not thought about the open because of the last week Ooh. too much. Um, I always love a lift. I'll tell you the year they had the burpees you had to finish to be able to lift. Yes. It it pushed me to, and that's the only workout I've ever repeated because I missed it by like two reps the first time and then went in with a different strategy and finished it and was able to do the lift on the second one. Mm -hmm. That was a game changer. Yeah. I That was one of my, I that workout was tough, but like, I think that's the way you program a lift for sure. You you have to show the fitness to earn it. What I was thinking bench too. 
sorry. What if we're all thinking there's like a max lift, but it's a max gymnastics movement. And it's like max reps of, I don't know. They did pull-ups in team series the one year or something like that. Um, in a certain amount of time uh, or something on a machine, like a one, two K row. So did you see their, did you see their posts the other day of, it was like basically some, some people say a two K row is one of like the worst things. How about three of them? And it was like two K row rest three minutes, repeat two K row rest three minutes, repeat. And I was like, gross. <laughs> Something that people avoid doing, like in, like repeated workouts. And it's like, your score is your slowest, you know, or something like yes. that. And it's like, that sucks. <laughs> yes. You know, and we're all thinking max lift, but it could be something different and unique. And it's something that tests fitness. I don't know. Just throwing that out there. That would just, that would take so long. I mean, it wouldn't be, be... They, wouldn't, they wouldn't be a 2K, but. Mm -mm. I don't know. Something. Let's see. But the, yeah, I saw that one and I was like, oh my God. I, I suppose you could do a 2K row. I mean, they've had 20, like 25 minute workouts. 25? Yeah. Well, shoot. They had the thruster uh, double under, which had no time cap. Thruster double under. 17.5. There were people that like there literally was no clock for that. So like you Finish. potentially could have gone for yeah. Okay. okay, yeah. Trying to think of yeah. 17.5. Um, but for the mm -hmm. most part, I think I think they're done in about 20 minutes, but yeah. I don't know. Is that Scott? I was gonna say there's no cap for 14.5, 16.5. Yeah, the burpees. So All right, we're, we ready to wrap this thing up? Yes. I, I put the next one here, and I, I listened to this just before the show on Death By. One of the questions was, can you be balanced in life and win the CrossFit Games? Because it's almost been like an, uh, an armor for people to say, and I'll just say Matt Frazier, like he did not live in balance to win the CrossFit Games. When he was training, it was all about training and all about winning the games. Do you think you can be balanced in life and win? Yes. To a, well, in life, there's still some sacrifices, I guess. But I don't know. I think Pat Vellner has gone pretty close. Is that Jordan why he came used Alex Gazan. As an example of someone who is just such a freak athlete, he thinks she can do it. And she's very adamant about having balance in her life. What's balance for her? I, yeah, I, I would. She's doing, this, she's doing this full time. That's exactly. She doesn't have a job or, I mean, uh, defined job is CrossFit. Yeah. Sponsorship obligations and stuff. I don't know what I would consider balance in that point. I guess everyone's balance is different though. That's the, that's, that's the thing as well is my balance will look different than someone else's balance. Cause what I can handle will be different than someone else's. I mean, Ariel still doesn't work though. Like in terms, she has her daughter 
Are you saying being a mother is not working? No, no, no. I'm saying she's, <laughs> no, no, no. But I'm saying she's like um, she's training at home. She has um, her daughter, and then she has like she's not doing like another job on top, right? Like she has her daughter that she's doing a lot of activities with, um, and then doing her training around that part, um, which I think helps. I mean, her garage gym. Oh my gosh looks have you guys seen how nice it looks her new the garage the new that's one. getting built the new one beautiful damn that's that's amazing that's what happens yeah. when you yeah I, I would say she's pretty close in terms of balance because of she, like it's not only crossfit but i mean there's other like fathers and and mothers too in this space so i don't I guess, yeah, I guess, how do we define balance? Are we talking about, can you have a job, like a, another career? Is that what we're talking about? Or, because there's other athletes that, I mean, male athletes aren't coming back from like a pregnancy like Ariel or Annie or Cara, Tia have. So I guess like that's completely different, I think. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'd be curious what they're, what, what does, when they yeah, what were they trying to say when they said that? I mean, it's notable with Matt, right? Like he was a singular focus and to the effect of not using a knife during season, not going to someone's birthday party, not see like if you become no longer social to the point where you like will not go out on go somewhere with your friends on a Friday night because you don't want to go to a restaurant or you don't in, have a different food um, I would say, no, you're not balanced. I would say I'm not balanced and I'm not nowhere near. Um, so like, there's lots of things I declined to do with my family that I would have not declined to do years ago. Um, and I, and I can only imagine that the people that do this like fully full time are even worse than me, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I guess yes. Yeah, it's, it's the balance question that I have trouble because that's yeah. What is, what is balance? Like, is it's going to be different for everyone? Everyone's balance is different. Exactly. Like, I think if just looking on social and what you see on social media isn't even an accurate representation of what people probably do outside. But it's nice to see, though. You know, someone like Pat, for instance, still. Um, put in some hours at his, um, chiropractic chiropractor, um, job that he's doing. Then he has a family as well. Plus he's, you know, podium at the games. Ariel has a daughter. She's, you can see her doing activities with her daughter, um, and doing things like it's different. Like she doesn't have the job as well as Pat, but then she also came back from pregnancy. <laughs> like it's just different. I don't yeah. know. Um, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. yeah, I think I think it can happen though. I think it can happen. Yeah, I think Emma Lawson does a pretty good job, but again, she's not working. Uh, I'm pretty sure she's living at home. Has a great setup at home. Has a lot of sponsorships, and but in terms of her life balance, it's easier maybe to have a balanced life when your partner is a games athlete as well, and they have similar interests. Like I think that balance. You know, they see each other at the gym as well. And then they can spend some time after. I don't know. 
And that what? was connected. Like it's it's still connected, but I she is still doing kid or young stuff, right? Uh Rich Rollins is a good example. Yeah, but I that guy has no balance. When he was individual, no way. <laughs> he has no balance. He had to go team to get balance. Yeah. His kids come to the gym. He doesn't I have balance now. I love him too, but like there's there's not I don't know. They did say on the show that those who are partnered with their life partner as a coach and life partner seem to be more balanced, like a Jeff Adler or a Tia Toomey, but it's just probably more disguised. Well, roles with Pat, uh, no, not Pat. Yeah, I agree with that. That is the like their lifestyle as a family. Um, so the bit, the balance there is in unison in a, in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the last thing we have on our, on our agenda is from the TDC podcast, vendor village, not attached directly to the venue at this year's games. It's a few hundred meters away. It's a walk. It's not right next to it. It's going to have a different feeling. They're going to plan for big breaks between events to hopefully drive people over there. Thoughts for vendors. I On the surface, without seeing it, I think that sucks. There's something, but, like, even if they put big breaks, like, people are going to go to a restaurant. People are, you know, but having to walk through the vendor village, like, having it so easily accessible there, I think, really helps the vendors. I mean, if if they go and do workouts in the vendor village because it's a bigger vendor village and it's like hey meet at one o'clock here for a community workout having these athletes signed it could draw people i think that's what they're going to try to do but i think it's i guess we'll see it year one but it's definitely interesting to, that it's not attached because when that building came up the dickies we all thought you know oh the vendor village is gonna look great here and that but so one, what are they using that area that typically is a vendor village for? And basic freaking business 101, wh wherever it is, make it the entrance to the arena. Mm -hmm. Make people have to like, to come and go, you have to walk through vendor village to go to the arena. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay with it. Like if you have to vindicate and paper street, who were right inside of Wadapalooza last year, not this year, but last year. And everybody had to walk by their booth to get to any of the venues. They killed it. Yep. So I don't know. That just, yeah, the open me. And it's going to be open to the public. And th that works then. If it's the entrance, you have to walk through there to get to the arena. You just have the gate on the back end mm -hmm. to go into the arena, or you can exit over here if you're just there for the public. Yeah, that I, I agree. I feel like if that's how, if it's going to be separate, it needs to yeah, lead into the venue. Um, yeah. You have funnel traffic through there. You, if you want people to keep sponsoring these things for, exorbitant amounts of money they have to have the foot traffic they have to make their money back i mean 
I don't, Wadapalooza didn't go great for a lot of vendors and a lot of vendors don't want to go back. Because of the rain also, probably. And I don't, and that may be a big part of it is the rain was keeping spectators away in just in general. Um, I just think there was less foot traffic in general at Wadapalooza this year overall. Interesting. I, I think it was paid seats. The paid, yeah, the paid seats made less people go to Wadapalooza because they were too expensive. So less people bought tickets. Yeah, I guess I didn't think about that. I didn't hear anything about Craig Ritchie. He wasn't a vendor. He just had the act. Like, he said he lost money going, like paying to go. Normally he would make that back in his YouTube views. Oh, and so Hustle is at a booth at Wadapalooza every year oh. I've been there. And, it, and it's a massive open air booth with like tons of meet, meet and greets and stuff like that. So he may have had one this year. I This was my first miss in a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't make out so well. Like Again, I heard quite a few didn't. So yeah, that's going to be a problem. Well, we're over there 90 minutes. Shocker. But good show tonight. Thank you, everybody, in the comments for being here. Thank everybody for the well wishes and the, and the love in the comments. I uh, love you all. This has been fun. We'll have to do it again. Get Carolyn or Lex back on um, and really get some t stuff going. With that, we will catch everybody next time on Thursday night CrossFit Talk. Bye, guys. C4 Energy, Extend, and Cellucor are delivering the most effective, best tasting, and highest quality products for you. Get 20% off when you use the code Clydesdale at checkout at C4Energy.com. That's C4Energy.com. And now back to the interview.